conversations that you connect with and react to. SAFM. Kathimo Sasana on SAFM. We continue leading the conversation on the talking point. Dr. Praveena Sukraj Eli is the Director of Promotion of the Rights of Vulnerable Groups in the National Department of Justice and Constitutional Development. Uh, Dr. Sukraj Eli, good morning to you and thank you for your time. Good morning, Kathy. Thanks for having me. So, you know, we've just finished a conversation where we looked at a part of um, the unfulfilled commitments uh, in terms of, you know, the structures that we're going to set up to strengthen the fight against gender-based violence. But one of the things that was made, that has been made, also mentioned as promises, is strengthening the law. And by all means, we seem to be seeing progress in, in that regard. Talk to me about uh, some of the bills that government has passed that are aimed at ensuring access or greater access to justice for victims of gender-based violence and femicide. Okay, so we have a, three, a package of three bills that we have developed and passed. And we actually did it at, you know, at, at very high speed because we understand how urgent uh, we need to respond and strengthen, strengthen the law for our victims of gender-based violence and femicide to receive redress. So there's the three bills are the Domestic Violence Amendment um, Bill, and we've got the Criminal Law, Sexual Offences and Related Matters Amendment Bill, and then we've got the Criminal and Related Matters Amendment Bill. So these three bills, they're all interrelated and they all focus on trying to ensure that we're able to provide victim-centric justice services to victims of gender-based violence and femicide. Uh, what has happened is it, the uh, National Assembly has approved um, all three bills, which is great. It, it had been through pub, uh, rigorous public consultation, etc., and now we're waiting for um, the president to give his assent um, on those three bills, and then naturally it will move on to the implementation part of those bills. I think perhaps let's go through each of them and uh, talk about how they will each improve systems within the criminal justice um, process that that will help empower uh, victims of gender-based violence. Okay, so let me start with the Domestic Violence Amendment uh, Bill. Uh, So that that bill, the problems were, the challenges were, there were various gaps, practical challenges on how service of protection orders were made and uh, various other um, challenges with women withdrawing um, applications for protection orders, uh, et cetera, et cetera, due to various social circumstances, et cetera. So what we have now done is we have created uh, in the Domestic Violence Amendment Act an online application system which will be accessible to to all women um, across the country so you don't have to go to court you can make the application online and uh, naturally the on the walk-ins in court are still you know welcome so this service will be over and above that uh, we have an integrated electronic repository system that will be created meaning that all um, online all applications in for protection orders the protection orders themselves um, themselves and the warrants of arrest will be on the integrated electronic repository so if a victim is in any part of the country they would be able to access um, this uh, warrant of arrest and protection order if they needed it 
So if it was no, there's no more the challenge of something getting lost or misplaced or whatever the case may be. We then also have where usually service was you know, vital, where the respondent needed to be served, the protection order. We're now recognizing the fact that in, in the act that as long as the respondent is aware and is, that it has been brought to his attention, whether um, he or she, uh, it would be, um, it can be an SMS, it can be an email, WhatsApp, uh, whatever the case may be, if it can be shown that the respondent is aware of it, immediately that protection order will come into force, unlike previously. So these are some of the key um, the key changes in terms of the domestic violence uh, amendment bill. And I think one of the, the other key things is that multi-sexual uh, collaboration and coordination was a, a bit you know, missing because we are a justice value chain. And we need those links between us to be strong in terms of the various departments. So what this, the Domestic Violence Amendment Act has done now, it has outlined certain uh, roles and responsibilities for key uh, departments so that we can be held accountable in terms of what the different functionaries in those departments are supposed to do in terms of, of arrest, in terms of service, uh, in terms of providing shelter services, uh, in terms of the courts. Uh, providing speedy um, redress to victims who apply for, for protection orders, etc. So that is the Domestic Violence um, Amendment Act in a nutshell. In terms of the Criminal Matters Amendment Bill, it deals primarily with amending pieces of legislation like our Criminal Procedure Act, our Minimum Sentence Act, etc., to try and ensure that in matters that involve gender-based violence and femicide, uh, when, when a bail is considered, when parole is considered, and when sentencing is considered, if it's a GBVF or a domestic, it's a domestic violence uh, matter, harsher ha these things will be considered so that harsher sentences uh, will be can be granted in those instances. Parole that will be a, a critical factor that will be considered, and similarly in terms of bail. And then, insofar as the Sexual Offences and Related Matters Act with the, um, the NRSO, they're looking at uh, expanding the ambit of um, uh, the register to not just include children and persons with mental disabilities, but to include a wider group of vulnerable groups, uh, ranging from persons in care in care centres in shelters. Uh, between the ages of 18 and 25, and persons who are, or, you know, elder, elderly persons, etc. And um, so, so those are some of the, the the changes that will be made. You know, I, I, I like what you said about how some of um, how some of the changes to the legislation can practically yield results because it'll help pin down exactly what is broken in the system so that it can be fixed at that point. And, and oftentimes, you know, that is something that is not made clear, that we talk about uh, a failure to respond uh, adequately to gender-based violence, but it is the need to access multiple services that lets women down. And we know that if you've survived violence, there is a whole system of support that needs to be triggered for you to actually get to the point where you have a case that's before the court and that you can successfully see to the end. Exactly, exactly, Kathy. And I think this is why this is so key in terms of the directives that are required 
all departments it includes now uh, uh, DBE, the Higher Education and Training Department, SAPS, uh, uh, the NPA, DOJ, the Communications, all of us, DSD, Health, we all need to come together and our DGs would need to provide directives in consultation with our ministers to ensure that our functionaries carry out their, their, their responsibilities to the best, to ensure that our all the services and the supports that need to be provided at every stage of when a victim enters the justice system, that we're able to actually provide all of those um, services and supports. And even uh, you know, at the beginning, when there's telltale signs, when there's suspicion uh, that there's mm. a sexual abuse or domestic mm. abuse, we need. We have now the mandatory reporting by functionaries. We have the the legal duty on on people, adults, to report, especially where there's domestic violence on that's uh, you know on persons, older persons, persons with disabilities, and children. We need. We have this now. So there's no there's no longer that bystanderism attitude that can be maintained we're trying to make sure that we have these attitude shifts as well so that we can we aim towards providing that the system where there's now reporting everybody's not silent about it and and then we can actually come and and the other important thing that we never had and i i think this is key is the safety monitoring notice so going forward if the court believes that the the victim is in, in real danger uh, the the he, the court can make an order that the station commander must ensure that the complainant is visited and contacted at regular intervals by the police to ensure the safety of the complainant. Mm. So these are certain things you know that are key uh, interventions that I believe that you know once implemented and we've got all of these accountability me- uh, mechanisms in place that we'd be able to monitor these going forward. Dr. Sukraj Eli will continue our conversation after this break. SAFM values your views. Be an active citizen. Kathy Mosasana on SAFM. We're talking about the legislative amendments that have been made, at least passed by Parliament. They're now currently sitting on the President's table to strengthen processes in the criminal justice system so that uh, victims and survivors of gender-based violence are able to be uh, better assisted and that they're also able to really feel that they are receiving the best of the justice system. Uh, Dr. Pravina Sukraj Eli is with the National Department of Justice and Constitutional Development. And, you know, Dr. Pravina, that's that's, of course, always one of um, the criticisms that 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 is leveled against the criminal justice system that oftentimes, even before this amendment or these amendments, we had strong laws, but the implementation is where we have great difficulty. What level of oversight is going to be required to ensure that even what is supposed to be produced out of these amendments actually does take place? Um, so as I, as I indicated to you, you know, we've got the directives that will be, will be in place. And we have various committees now that we, we, are, we have, have in place in terms of um, intersectional collaboration that requires reporting on a monthly basis to be able to, to, to say, this is what where we at. These were the number, for example, of of cases that we've received in terms of 
uh, domestic violence matters or, or femicide matters, etc. And this is now how many case have, cases have been finalized within 90 days, for example. If these cases were not finalized, one would need to automatically pinpoint those areas. So we've got this rigorous reporting that we're doing to ensure the accountability is there and that we're able to monitor and evaluate immediately rather than allowing for the gaps to, to get bigger. Mm. And, and as, as I, uh, you know, I said to you, we've got the intersectoral committee uh, that currently exists on domestic violence and femicide, and we've made it, um, you know, our key objective now where we already started looking at the state of readiness of the different departments in terms of the sections in the amendment bill and whether each department is ready in terms of its resources, its services, its products, its facilities to ensure that once the president gives his assent, that we are able, we are ready to start implementing and monitoring um, enforcement of the legislation because naturally we want to ensure that uh, the legislation uh, you know, meets its goal of strengthening um, accountability and leadership as well in terms of responding to gender-based violence and femicide. I thought one of the very important things um, about these amendments is that they were all passed unanimously in Parliament. And, and that, of course, says a lot about um, the position of various representatives of different political parties being able to agree on the fact that not enough is being done and that we should be doing more in the fight against gender-based violence. Yes, that was incredible. And I, I must say, as I said, you know, we, it went through vigorous consultation mm. and the bill went through unopposed, which was excellent, which says uh, everybody understands there's no, no longer um, whether we actually have this, uh, this uh, gender-based violence and femicide is a pandemic. It's agreed by everyone. We all need to come to the table to try and ensure from the individual to our community level to societal level and then to you know the state and our institutions that we able to it's not just one-sided it's a collaborative collective approach that we need to take as citizens to ensure that we able to to combat and prevent gender-based violence in our homes in our schools uh, in our workplaces etc Dr. Pravina, we also have people who want to see uh, this change in, you know, realized in more practical ways, including the types of sentences that are handed down to those com- uh, convicted of, of, of these crimes, um, the, the suspects not being granted bail. Much of that becomes subjective to um, the presiding officer over these the, these matters. But from the perspective of the Justice Department, where do you sit uh, on that issue? Well, currently, you know, due to those challenges we have now put in the sentences, etc., um, in terms of the criminal matters amendment, the way we've now said, listen, certain, certain uh, the Minimum Sentences Act even would now be amended in the sense that should someone breach a protection order, it clearly outlines somebody would now have to have five years, can have five years of imprisonment term for breaching a protection order. Should that person breach the protection order, again, if it's a double offense, that person can now have a 10-year uh, sentence. Um, so 
what what we've tried to do is we've tried to include that in the in our bills itself to to indicate and guide um, you know the the presiding officers in many instances to show how serious and what level of of seriousness these uh, these uh, acts need to be uh, considered when when handing down sentences. All right, we'll leave it there for this morning. Dr. Pravina Sukraj Eli, uh, she is with the National Department of Justice and Constitutional Development. So um, those amendment bills are waiting for the signature of the president. But certainly we need more, not less being done in the fight against gender-based violence. Okay.